Also, my friends, I, I want to talk to you about the Cash App because let's be honest, um, you need money and I need money. More importantly, you need to make money as I need to make money. And the Cash App right now, I'm being dead serious with you, is allowing you to invest in the stock market. Can anybody think about <laughs> investing in the stock market, especially I'm talking to the people who make money like me. You got little pennies or something that you're rubbing together. You might have two, three dollars that you can do something. I remember my uncle coming to me and asking me, did I want to invest in stocks? He's like, yeah, I, I want to invest in stocks. That's what I told him. He's like, well, how much money you got? I'm like 10 bucks. He's like, that, that, that's not enough to do anything in stocks. <laughs> it wasn't then, but now 10 bucks can get me somewhere, baby, because of the cash app. So let me tell you why I'm asking you to join me on the Cash App. Because if you click my link, which is downstairs in the show notes, what happens is I get $5 and you get $5. And you can take that $5 and at $1 per stock, get you five stocks in the stock market that can do something for you. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not a member of the Cash App, go on ahead. Click my link right downstairs in the show notes. Get your five bucks and then tell you what you do. OK, because I'm, I'm not even going to tell you to go and, and come and send people back to me. You can if you want, if you want to help me and make sure that that this show as I take a sniff, you know, because, you know, I mean, if you want to help me out, then, you know, I'm about that life, dog. But um, if not, this is what you can do after you click my link and get your five bucks then you can share the link with your friends and you can get another five bucks. And now when your uncle comes to you and be like, hey, man, I got that ten dollars and I'm going to invest in the stock market. You you can uh, you, you can be about that life. You know what I'm saying? So click my link downstairs for the cash app. Also, in the links downstairs in the show notes, I do a little bit of writing, y'all. Yeah, I podcast, I vlog, and now I write. So click down for my voice, my vocal.media to hear me, or more importantly, to read me. Mm. Or should I say to read what I write? That's probably a lot better. But anyway, help a brother out, man. It's, it's how I, again, can do what I do on the internet. So... Click my links downstairs for the cash app. Get me that five bucks. You get your five bucks and you take yours and go get you some more money. We go and invest in the stock market. We become rich. And then also, I'm not asking you for any more money. I'm just asking you to click on my vocal.media link down yonder. You know you want to keep up what I've got to say. You know you want to read more from EDB. So go ahead and do it. Hear some stories or mostly read them. You don't hear them. now. It took me long enough to stop telling you to go watch my stuff on the podcast. Now when I'm telling you to go read it, I'm going to tell you to hear it. Lord have mercy. Y'all can tell that I need some help. Uh, My friends, I'm going to go ahead and get to the conversation of the day. But uh, I have to stop for a second to recognize something important. I mean, after all, you know, most of the times... People compare big events to this one, but how, I mean, this is the event that is, well, like I said, that people compare everything they do to, everything they think is important to, and that is Super Bowl Sunday. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and so, well, I mean, I know, about, uh, I want to say, I'm not going to say 27%. I'm not even going to put a percent on it. My team ain't playing. <laughs> My team ain't getting the playoffs. God bless you, Miami Dolphins. I know. I hope next year we're going to do something good. And uh, so I, <laughs> the, the crazy thing about it is that Miami, if I could just go ahead and say this right here, you, you got to sit at home and watch the Super Bowl go down in your own backyard. Mm-mm. But that's another conversation for another day. We're not, we're not, we're not even going to do that. Just going to let that go. <sighs> Throw it on out the window. The point is, um, my buddy Matt called me and he said, Eric, I think you, you should know something. Something that is 
very fascinating. Something that I just now realized that, you know, it's kind of uh, not only important to you or should be important to you, but it's, it's something that's going on right there in your city that's connected to the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Not only should I know this, I think we should share this with the world. He's like, I think so too. Turn the camera on. Or should I say, turn the, 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 this is not a camera. This is a, a microphone. A God of Jesus. Are y'all praying for me? Okay, cool. So I turned the, you know, the recorder on and I was like, Matthew. He was like, yeah. I'm like, um, the recorder's on. He's like, cool. We can talk. I'm like, yeah, we can talk. What's on your mind? He says, okay, cool. Great. I'm glad I'm ready to present to you a Matt fact. So my friends, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, a Matt fact. Important information that you're telling me now. So I'm going to need for you to say this very clear and transparent because I didn't understand you. Now, what did you tell me? That Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, is playing in the Super Bowl this Sunday. Yes. Yes. Now, back in 1999, his dad, who is also named Pat Mahomes. Uh Uh-huh played for the Norfolk Tides minor league baseball team. That's right around the corner. That is. So you mean to tell me that the kid of a Norfolk sports... Did he do any good here in Norfolk, by the way? Uh, he had a record of four wins, one loss. Ah. With a 3, 3.49 ERA, which is decent. Okay. And he pitched almost 40 innings. So is that a good thing? I mean, you're the, you're, the, you're the sports guy. I mean, it's not like he was, you know, Cy Young or anything, but yeah, he was decent. I was going to say, that's a decent. I was going to, I was going to kind of go with Derek Jeter, but then again, he's a dope head, so we can't use him, right? Well, Derek Jeter wasn't a pitcher either. Oh, well. <laughs> he was shortstop. What the hell do I know? Cy Young, is, Cy, Cy Young is known as like one of the greatest pitchers of all time, which is why every year, the pitcher award that gets given to like the best pitcher of the season, that the award's called the Cy Young Award. Ah, so I, I see. So education, some knowledge for you. So, so basically, you're telling me right now that uh, uh, if if Kansas City were to win the Super Bowl, because you know we're 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 taking bets here, right? Yes. Um. Then uh, the the son of a Norfolk Tides legend is he still living here in Norfolk? Uh that I have no idea. I just I got this information from the Norfolk Tide Facebook page. They just shared it. So oh, they just shared on the Norfolk Tides Facebook page. Yes. Interesting. You would think I would have saw that. It was thirty five minutes ago. Ah, mm. you gotta be on top of it, Eric. Why? Why would I do that? That's what you're for. True. I was about to say, actually, that's what you got me for to be on top of the sports news. Exactly. 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 Educate the people. Exactly. You're welcome. No problem. Now I need to go drink. So, um, I need to go drink another cup. Should, should I be my? Should I be expecting my Chick Fil A today or? And on that note, goodbye. (laughs) Before I leave, Matthew, I want to say this is to you. To you, my friend. Stay thirsty. To you, my friend. Stay thirsty. I just wanted to uh, give you that uh, piece of uh, historical information, or should I say linkage to the Super Bowl. I really thought that that it was fascinating to me. And, you know, that's what I do here. I share fascinating things. But on to today's conversation, because now that we are, well, let's face it, we're now two months in, or should I say we're in the second month, which to me, that's, I mean, once you hit the second month, once you hit day one or the second month or whatever, you're in the month. So we're two months in, one down, 11 to go. And I have realized now where I need to fix what I've screwed up. 
I've had a come to Jesus meeting and I decided that today, the 1st of February, I would share with you my come to Jesus meeting. If that's all right with you, awesome sauce. Let's go. Woo! I am, um, I am feeling some type of way right now. I've been feeling some type of way for a long time. Type of way that I've been holding in. I've fought it. I've like tried to ignore it. Because I am one of those persons who fights this types of con- these types of conversations. I'm the one who when the others try to uh, pull the trigger and call everything racist and biased and them against us. I'm I'm generally last to the conversation, generally last to admit it. But the problem that I've been having these last few years is it's become harder and harder to stay out of that conversation because these last few years have proven to me that what grandma and all the rest of them were saying is more right than wrong. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a white female just because I wanted someone not black to help me process what I was thinking. I wanted to make sure that I just wasn't being, or should I say, uh, yielding to excuses. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just folding myself up in a box and allowing my failures or my challenges to be just uh, thrown away as because I'm black, these things are happening. And in having that conversation, with that person. I I literally uh, let me go ahead and and just read the the text that I sent. I'm not going to tell you the name because it's not fair. But I mean, I don't know if fairness has anything to do with it. I'm I'm just not going to say this. I'm just not going to name her name. Okay? It's a her though. You know that. So gender, we'll just stick with that. So, as I pull the microphone closer to my mouth, I um uh, this is the, the, the text series, a series of texts that went down. I, um, I sent her the text first saying, may I share something with you only because I feel you won't judge me or I feel you'll understand. Like I said, I felt that if anybody would really see this objectively, not from the black perspective, but from the other side of the tracks, it would be this particular person. And so naturally, she agreed that I could have this conversation with her. And I sent her another message. I asked her, have you ever noticed there is a lack of true diversity in the business community? Meaning those who are invested in themselves, starting on orthodox companies, And doing just crazy creative shit are generally not minorities. And her response to me was, Lord, yes. I responded, it pisses me to high hell. And very discouraging at the same time. Mainly because we're still being told it's our fault we're not winning. You know? Her response was, It's all a racket, in my opinion. I'm trying not to be jaded about it. But then I said, I don't want to be a downer. I just know deep down I can win this fight. But, you know, I can't ignore that. It's pissing me off. We're on the same page, buddy. She then proclaimed. Now. That last sentence or 
text message that I sent was, I don't want to be a downer. I know deep down I can win this fight. But you know, I can't ignore that it's pissing me off. I don't want to sit here as I move the iPad and everything back for me so we can have this conversation. I don't want to start assuming how people feel because the truth is, I don't know how you feel. I'm, I did a tag post on Monday, Monday's podcast, should I say, that went out. And nine times out of 10, I'm going to do another one with this one. And a lot of you that I'm going to tag or a lot of the people, should I say, that I'm going to tag probably will not listen to this podcast. And I will know it because they won't respond. Because for some reason, this idea of our just being silent, this idea of our just not speaking or not responding is is supposed to be a a tactic yeah it's a battle tactic if you will a psychological battle tactic because i can't say that you hate me but at the same time i don't have a funny feeling i don't have a good feeling that you like me either. And and I could say because you ignore me, oh, you hate my guts. But then again, you didn't say that. So therefore, I have nothing to hold you on. I have nothing to accuse you of. It goes back to what my grandmother stated in the podcast that I talked about where I allegedly raped the girl. My grandmother said, If you can deal with Mount Olive, you can deal with anybody. And one of the challenges that old Queen Williams, the pastor of the church, by which was the centerpiece of that podcast, or should I say the, she was the centerpiece of that podcast, or at least one of the main characters. Her perspective was quite frankly, what happens in our society? When people know how to shut up, they they walk away, they ignore you, they don't respond to you, they don't tell you to go to hell, they don't tell you you're stupid, they don't tell you how much they really despise you, they don't tell you anything, they just go away in the corner and ignore you. And again, that gives them the escape, like you're stupid. Like, you really don't know how to read between those lines. Like, you really were born on a turnip truck yesterday. Like, somebody smacked you in the head, and your brain cells are full of mush, and you're just nothing but a drunken state all your life, and you would buy it. But you don't. You don't. You have that warm warm, fuzzy feeling inside, that fuzzy feeling of caution, that feeling that tells you, hmm, they don't like you. They don't really want you around. And you know why you're sitting in misery? I'm talking to the people now who are struggling from this. You're sitting in misery because you're trying to fight what you already know. You're trying to hope against hope, as my grandmother would say. You are trying to argue the plain and simple facts that sit right in front of your face. You've been smacked with it over and over and over again, and you just don't want to believe it. They don't like you. Now, is it that they don't like you because of your personality? No. It's the complete opposite. They hate you because of your personality. You say, what do I mean by that? They hate you because you're talented. 
They hate you because you're special. They hate you because they know if you ever get the motivation, if you ever get the mindset, if you ever can find a way to defeat them in your brain, you can kick their ass in real life and they ain't bought that life. So they got to keep you all discombobulated. It's a tactic. It's a tactic, man, that I have I have encountered my entire 30, almost now six years of life. And it's amazing how as many times as I have seen this demon, as the old ladies would say, I know that damn devil. As many times as I've been in bed with that damn devil, had that damn devil at my house, been in the same car with that damn devil, as many times as I have had to go to war with that damn devil, you would have thought by now that I would have figured this shit out. And yet, that sick, twisted, maniacal, Sioux-slaying piece of garbage can find a way every single time to come at you with something that you weren't expecting. It's like you, you hit him at the front door and you sew that up thinking that you, you're going to get him because that's where he came in the first. He kicked in the door, man. Now we got him. We got all the guards waiting at the door and we're going to get him. And then the bitch is at the back door because nobody took the time to realize that <laughs> there are two doors to this house. Or they didn't think about the fact that this piece of garbage can climb through windows. Or <laughs> let's just go ahead and just be real. <laughs> He's so sick and twisted and motivated that he will even rip the siding, plow through the wall and still get into your house. Even though you got everything secured and locked up with your ADTs and your all the simply safes and everything going on, the cameras and the, the alarms and the codes and the blah, 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 blah. And he still is going to get in because he is that or she is that determined and psychologically that is the same mindset. If a thief will get into your house regardless of what you have to protect yourself or defend yourself, he can get into your psychological mind. And then there's the other question. While I'm sitting on that vein talking about how they can get into your physical, but also into your mental, why is it that we spend a lot of time protecting our physical stuff? but not a lot of time protecting our mental state, our mental home, our psychological and emotional residence. Why do we spend more time defending our houses when we're not even there? That stuff can be replaced. Cars can be replaced. <laughs> Money can be replaced. But your mental health, once you lose your mind, the possibility and somebody just texts me to get that back is pretty, pretty, pretty high. Someone is telling me because it is uh, Martin Luther King's day as we're recording this, uh, that I am missing out on these speeches at the Attics Theater. And I truthfully selected not to go. I selected not to be a part of the Martin Luther King celebration. I selected to be as far away as people keep telling me. And uh, let me go ahead and, and, and put this down here. Uh, I think I'm just going to have to turn these people off. If you don't mind, just just I should have had this on do not disturb or silent or something. And then I got this thing right here. How do I how do I do that? I don't remember how to. I think I pulled that down and then I yep hit the bell. There we go. It's all silent now. We're all good. But why did I not go to the Martin Luther King celebration? Because truth be told. It's the same shit, different day, right? It's all folks hollering about how we've been put down and let down and beat up and broken. It's all folks talking about how we 
can't get ahead and we won't be anywhere and it takes them to help us and blah, blah, blah. And these people that are doing these things, that are saying all these things, they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of us staying in the situation. But don't you dare get up there and start talking about you want to do something yourself. Don't you dare get up there and talk about that you're better than your ancestors. Even though the Bible clearly states Jesus told his own disciples, you see these things that I did, you shall do and better. But if if Jesus, the son of God, the second in command to the creator of this universe, declared to his 11 men that you are going to be better than me, Because I am going to allow you to be better than me. Think about that for a second. Jesus made them better than him. He allowed them to do things that he physically did not do. And if Jesus, the son of God, the second in command to the creator of the universe... the second member in the trilogy, in the in the threesome of the Godhead. Threesome. I don't know if I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I, you know, that might get nasty. But the point is, if he was okay with you being able and me being able to do things greater than him, why is it that it has to be a crime when you and I want to be greater than a trash truck driver? want to be greater than a great military man, want to be greater than a doctor, want to be greater than an educator, want to be greater than a preacher, want to be greater than someone of something that was someday back then. Why is it when I go into the room, the argument always has to be, this is the way you did it all your life. Your mama did it this way. Your grandmama did it this way. Your daddy did it this way. Auntie and uncle did it this way. So therefore, you got to do it this way. And don't you dare come talk to me about being better than that because you ain't got it. So then what the hell are we going out here talking about Martin Luther King for? Martin Luther King, didn't he dream of a day? Didn't he say, I have a dream? So the reality to me is when he had this dream or should I say articulated it, but I guess when he had it and when he articulated still had the same mindset, right? He had a dream that one day as I take a sip, because I feel like I'm going to get stuffy here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ah. All right. I feel better now. Had to wash down that frustration. But the dream is what I was talking about. That Dr. King had. That one day, my four little children, you know the story. I got to go into it. He was talking about an opportunity. A day when opportunities, watch this, would be better than they are now. Or that today, the one by which we live, 2020, in Dr. King's mind, should be and would be better than 1964 when he made the speech. And I dare to argue when he had the dream. And so, now, with that being said, I didn't come here to talk about why we're struggling. I didn't come here to talk about what the white man needs to do. I hear what you're saying as I need to take another sip because even saying that made me have to throw up a little bit. Because you're saying that if we don't have it, it's our fault. I find that hard to believe that someone would have the mitigated goal to look someone like me in the face and tell me that 
whatever is wrong with me is my fault. Where well, you're right. It is my fault. It's my fault on a lot of different fronts. You mind if I share them with you real quickly? You Do you mind if I first take a sip and make sure that my throat is hydrated so I can get through this conversation without gagging? Because I already have to mentally gag over this conversation. I don't need a gagging physically, right? So just, just excuse me one second while I take a sip. I'm just going to... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. So, it's my fault. You're right. I give you that. 110%. EDB is at fault for what is wrong with his life. EDB can only blame himself for the fact that he's 36 years old in this situation. EDB can only blame himself for the fact that his relationships are failing. EDB can only blame himself for the fact that he constantly has to fight with people and he constantly has to try to make folks believe in what he knows and what he is doing. EDB is at fault because he's constantly losing sleep and beating himself up trying to understand why people are acting the way that they are. EDB is at fault because he keeps hanging around with slowful, lazy, no good people. EDB is at fault. And one of those reasons why he's at fault, I've already mentioned. Number one, because I constantly like people more than they like themselves. It was my buddy Ashley who said in, in her podcast, I, I wonder if I can, um, I, I, can I pull it up here? I, I think I can. If I can just um, click to her right about, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me just go ahead and click to that clip just right. Yeah. Explain to me, like, you know, we used to do back in the day. What, what is it that, so let's just go on in and just hit it. What I got to do for black people? Huh? What did you have to do for black people? Yes. You're not obligated. <laughs> Here's the tricky part. You're not obligated to do anything for black people. You are black. As a black person, it is your responsibility to stand in truth and not let other people disrespect your people. But as far as giving out a handout, you know, i.e., I guess, carrying the entire black population on your back, that's not your responsibility. Hmm. Your job is to be a good individual, which sets the bar and the precedent, changing the views of non-black people. So that way, when they see other black people, their thoughts aren't, you know, oh my God, he's going to rob us, or he ain't shit, or he's just stupid, you know, those kind of things. They should be looking at you and go, oh, he's a smart black man that's doing shit. Maybe everybody that he knows are also smart non-white people or, you know, non-majority people doing flat shit. Maybe we should pay attention to that. They set the bar, it changes the narrative. So instead of all black people being ain't shit and poor, you see that there are people trying, people doing, people succeeding. Hmm. And that's what I can do with black people. That's the best thing you can do with black people. <sighs> Realistically, black people don't need 40 acres and a mule. They just need to be viewed as equal, a level playing field. <sighs> Going back and listening to that conversation, you would be surprised how stressful that is, how much of a challenge that is. It seems that the, the one thing that, as my wonderful friend, arguably the best friend that I have and probably the most influential person in my life said was that all we need to do is to be proven is to have it proven that we're just as good as anybody else. And that's the one thing that I have striven, striven. Can I say striven? Strived? Yeah, that's the word. Strive. 
I've strived. I've driven myself. That's what I was thinking. It came out striven, but I was really trying to say that I have driven myself each and every day for one reason and one reason only. I have to be the best. I must succeed. I must be number one. Not because I have an egotistical mind. Not because I'm self-centered and all into myself. But I have to be number one because the truth be told, the bar is so low for people like me. The bar is so low for people who are attached to me. And if somebody, if more of us don't raise the level of expectation, if more of us don't inject ourselves into uncharted territories, if more of us don't become things that we as blacks and minorities typically do not do, if more of us don't own businesses, not on the crab shack level or on the soup kitchen level or on the Taco Bell and KFC or some church's chicken on the corner, Eddie's crab shack. Did I just say that? I hope somebody doesn't listen to that because I just realize that I know somebody who owns an Eddie's Crab Shack. But the point of the matter is, if we can't get beyond that, if we can't get into companies that rival with Google and rival with Spotify and Apple Music and Facebook and Snapchat, if we can't create our own TikTok and be like the Chinese or our own Instagram, if we can't have that type of success, then why were we born? That is the question that I ask every single day of my and why why were we born that is the question that I would love for you to ask yourself anytime somebody tells you that you're just supposed to be down here collecting a check what is there to life. This little piece of paper that I get in the mail that I can see my address through and only to open it up and go, what the hell is this crap? That is all to life. If you're telling me that that is all that I am destined to do is to just work, take care of some kids and repeat the, the whole cycle all over again, then what is the point in my living? Now, before you go and begin the conversations with the folks with the coats, before you get suicide prevention on the line, I am not presenting you with a suicide message. I am not in the mindset, nor am I anywhere near same, of removing myself from this earth. I asked you, what is there to live for? And I've even made it crystal clear that if I'm not destined to win, then I'm not destined to live. So therefore, since I'm still breathing, that means that I'm winning. And so I go back and I answer the questions. Why is it my fault? Or is it really EDB's fault? that he's having a lot of the challenges that he's having. The answer to that question is quite frankly, you're right. It's my fault that I'm a failure for one reason and one reason only. No, there's multiple reasons. But the one reason that attaches to those multiple reasons, I think I should go ahead and give you the reasons first. The multiple reasons that lead up to the one Those multiple reasons are, A, the people that I've chosen to hang with. There was a a quote, I don't remember who said it, but I know I heard it from Steve Harvey. says, you are what you eat and the company that you keep. I'm going to say that again just in case I messed it up. You are what you eat and the company by which you keep. And so if all I have around me is folks that only see themselves as cotton pickers, that only see themselves as slave trading members of society. If all I have with people who just want to work down on the gravy train singing old freedom all day, if that's all that's around me, well then hell, I ain't going to be nobody. And then if I leave that group of people, 
and go surround myself by a bunch of snakes and vultures. A bunch of snake men and women who only want to devour me of my skills, who only want to strip me of my purpose and utilize to their advantage my personality and charisma only to build themselves and leaving me dead at the end of the day. Well, there ain't no point in going to them either. And then it's the folks that I give my attention to that obviously can't stand my guts or obviously don't really care about me, hi, hi, or whatever. You know them, people. Let me ask you this one question. You follow a lot of people on the internet. Half of them won't even talk to you. You ever wrote somebody a message and they, oh, I'm going to respond down in the DMs for about an hour, folks. So get down there and you have to be one of those that get inside the comments in the hour and maybe they'll talk to you. Are you fucking kidding me? Or you're just a glorified soundboard, the amen corner to somebody else's dreams. But what about yours? I don't talk much about Gary Vee because I don't really follow him. I watch him, but I don't follow him because sometimes, well, I can follow him a lot more now than I could back yonder because back yonder, I felt like that I had to compete with other people and I always watched them and, and tried to figure out how to take or how to glean from them because I didn't have my own personality or I didn't have my own confidence level high. Didn't have confidence and it sure as hell won't high. Let me go ahead and just say it like that. And so now that my confidence level is high, that my identity is understood, it's easy to watch somebody like Gary Vee. But the fascinating thing about Gary Vee is that Gary V has a text messaging service. And most people who had text messaging services will say, text me, call me, leave me a voicemail. And they would do all those things and, or the, should I say the fans would do all those things and the, the content creator would then leave or check their messages and share them on their videos because they got forsaken needed some content and they couldn't figure out what to do other than using you and me to their advantage. So they text me and I'm going to use it on the vlog. Text me and I'm going to leave me a voicemail. Hey, I, I'm making a video give me some ideas but you don't hear Gary V do that every now and again I'll get a text message from Gary V I've never don't think I've ever text Gary V a day in my life but I get a voicemail or should I say a message from Gary V you mind if I read some of them Jesus it's a lot of them go back Right here, November 8, November 18, yeah. Sitting on a plane and thinking, let me ask you a question. Why can't you see this text and then just tell that one person how you feel? Like frustration or deep love or a concept you have, regardless of the feeling, let this text be the one that marks excuse me, that makes you call or speak or text someone right this second. Text me back with what happened with that communication that you feared or something else. Thursday thoughts. Have the best morning, everyone. Want happiness? Watch this two times. And then he sends a video. Another message. Morning executing. Less excuses. I love you guys. Now go love yourself. Next message. Long days are the best days. Tough to be tired if you're happy. Hope you are. Have a Hershey night. Another one. I really want people to think of callings and what they deserve more in the frame of being actually happy. Because I think people are putting too much pressure on themselves. On and on and on and on. These text messages go. Here's a man. Now granted he's very good. Because he found a way. To actually build himself. Hell he got me talking about it. And you know why he did it? Because he just sends me a text message. Every day. 
Sometimes twice a day, you'll get a text message. Something you need to watch. Something you need to see. And I have come to the conclusion that that, that right there is what is the key to our being great. Finding a way to attach ourselves to people who are actually pouring something into you. And that goes back to my question. All of you who are following people right now on the internet, I want to ask you a simple question. Are any of those people really pouring into you? I want to ask you a question right now. Are those folks by which you are giving your time and your energy and building their houses and promoting their dreams and funding their goals and giving them the life by which you and I probably, many of you, should I say, will never have. You will never be able to sail the wild blue yonder. You will never be able to buy a block long mansion. You will never be able to get a Ferrari or you'll never be able to have a house that's 10 times size or or bank account, should I say, that's 10 times the size of your house. You will never be able to do those things. And yet you keep piling and piling and piling on to those people. And the reason why you will never have those things is because because you keep piling and piling and piling on to people who ain't piling nothing on to you. And so I ask you this question. I'm going to I'm going to send this out as a text message. I sure am. If I do not bring you value. If I am not someone that you can better yourself because of. If my being in your life doesn't make you better, then let me know and I'll excuse myself. Don't follow me if I'm not bettering you. Don't listen to me if I cannot help you grow. And the moment that you realize That those folks by which you're pouring yourself into, and I know they're funny, they're entertaining, but I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of entertaining people out there that can also pour into you. There are a lot of funny people out there that can give you something that you never had before. There are a lot of people who you can laugh your ass off and still grow at the same time. And I dare you to connect with those people. I dare you to see the content creational community from that side. Jake Paul's days are done. Logan Paul's days are done. Hell, I can name on and on and on and on. All the little people, the little boys and girls club of the high class society who have become that way on the backs of the poor and those who are deprived. Those days are now completely and utterly finished. And now... It's time for a new breed. The hungry community of people who are destined to not only build themselves, but build everything around them, who want to build a nation, an army of people who can all glean from the same fruits of this hard labor. That is the people by which I need to attach myself to. And those are the people that I hope you're attaching yourself to. So what we need to do now is at the end of this podcast, I would like for you to do something right now as I wipe my face. Right, right, right now. This is going to be the end of this podcast. I'm going to put it right here at the end. And I want you to do something. I want you to tell them to go to this particular point in the podcast right now. And I want you to tell them, don't even, don't even tell them anything else. Just say this particular point in the podcast. And I'm going to put on there, this one I want you to put on there too. Listen, starting at this point. 
And when they get here, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you might have to go and get somebody else in the room. And so go ahead and stop the podcast. Stop it. Right? Right now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And and, and go get them. Go, go get them. You ready? You ready? You ready? You need, you need a moment? I tell you what. I'm going to give you a, a moment of break. Just going to be a break. Go get them. Um, hi, I, I know you're going to get people, but um, I, I want you to do something while you're Hold on. I'm going to get somebody, too. I'm opening the door, and I'm going to get them. I, I wanted to uh, to do something. Uh, I wanted to put a track here so you can have some time because, you know, they might be busy. You might have to give them up two or three minutes to, you know, get finished, whatever they're doing. So I'm just giving you a little break right now. I told you I was going to give you a break, but I don't want you to pause it because I want you to put this in your ears, this lyrical motivation in your ears at the same time as you're waiting, okay? So just go ahead. Oh, I didn't close the door. I'm sorry. Oh, you go do you. I'm going to go get them, all right? I'm, I got to go get mine. You got to go get yours. Okay, cool. Let's Let's do this. Solicited to come hear this particular piece right here. You've been solicited to answer this question because your friends, the person by which tagged you or called you or sent this to you, I don't know how you got it, but they 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 got to know something from you. They got to know what kind of friend you are. They have to know where you sit 
on their totem pole. They got to know where you rank yourself in their lives. And the truth of the matter is, they're going to do something if you don't respond. This is not one of those little uh, tag messages and Those funny looking things we used to get back in the day when Facebook first started where either you send this to five people or something bad is going to happen to you. No, no, no. We know that that was all fake news. But this is going to be the real deal. If you don't respond back to them, they're going to delete you. Not only are they going to delete you off of some fake psychological system known as Facebook, but they're going to delete you from their life. They're going to remove you from their world because the truth of the matter is you don't have time to be their friend. You don't have time to be in their world and they need people who are going to motivate them and push them to a higher level and that may not be you. But then again, if that is you, then you're going to stand alongside them. If that is you, then you're going to build them up. If there is you, you're going to respond to them and tell them that you are going to be their friend to the end of this earth. If that is you, you're going to step up to the plate because the truth be told, the reason why you got this message in the first place is because there was a doubt. Because I promise you, they didn't send this to the people that they knew were there for them. They didn't send this to the people that they didn't have to question. They sent it to you. So who are you? Are you just using them? Are they just somebody to to better your cause, a stepping stone to get you to the next level in your life? Who are these people? Who is that person to you? They need to know right now. And you know what? They're ready to accept whatever way the pendulum swings. But if you ignore them, I'm going to tell you right now, that's an automatically assumption of guilt. If you choose not to even pay attention to this post, well, then that's an automatically assumption of guilt. Because the truth of the matter is, even if, even if you don't feel this way, you obviously have no time to be what they need. So therefore they need to go and find somebody who at least has time for them. So again, I asked the question, who are you? (sighs) Thank you very much for your listening to this podcast. I thank you very much for your taking the opportunity to not only help me evaluate myself, being a sounding board for me to evaluate myself, but I thank you very much because you are progressing as well. And you're probably asking yourself, why are you thankful for my progression? Because truth be told, if you're weak, then there's nothing left for me to do but become weak as well. But if you get strong, then I can get strong. And if you get stronger, then I can get stronger. And the more you grow, the more I'll grow. But the more you fall, the more I'll fall. And I'm not about that falling life. So I want to grow. And you want to grow too. Because you have made it this far into the podcast. That is an an assumption to the highest quality of confidence that you're making it here means you want to be better. And so in an effort to begin that process, I would like to, in the words of old man John Hagee from San Antonio, Texas, this will be unlike any other that you've heard on this podcast. This will In my true and confident perspective, notice I didn't say opinion. This is in my true and confident perspective will be the greatest blessing of all time. 
And it goes like this. May the hounds of hell be vanquished from your life. May you have the courage to delete the snake men and women. To remove yourself from the toxicities that is killing you, not just physically, but psychologically. May you recognize the demons by which are connected and latching themselves onto your ever God-given soul. And may today become the day that you are free. May this be the day that your dreams become harder, that the voice of positivity grows louder, that the focal point and the outlook and the vision towards your destiny becomes clearer. May the fog that has clouded your pathway be lifted and may the hard rains that shudder and dim and make your journey unbearable be clear. And that you will move down the sunshiny road, that old sunshiny road, towards your glorious purpose and destiny. Until we meet again, from me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters! <laughs>